Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Test Judo Talk podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Chodis. Emmett Siegel can't join us today, unfortunately. Uh, we're kind of, we're going to kind of split this podcast into two parts uh, a little bit today. Uh, the first part will kind of just be recapping uh, Maryland's victory over Charlotte on Saturday. And then the second part is we'll kind of look at uh, some news around the Big Ten, maybe some implications towards Maryland's schedule and record going forward. There's definitely been a lot of uh, a lot of noise and discussion about that. Uh, but first and foremost, let's talk about the uh, the really weird game that happened uh, <laughs> at Siku Stadium under the lights on, uh, on on Saturday. First off, I mean for the first you know from 5 p.m. on, we there was there was people didn't know if the game was gonna get, get delayed, suspended, canceled with the weather. Game goes on, pretty bad conditions, and it was weird from the onset. Uh, you know, first thing happened, Charlotte gets the ball. Their identity is the wrong game, right? You you, you knew that coming in. You, you knew uh, with Biff Pogey offense, it's gonna be run heavy. They're 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 gonna pound it, and. Um, they did that, and they get into Maryland territory pretty quickly, and then step back to pass, blown coverage by Maryland secondary. Jaquan Shepard uh, make, makes the wrong read, and boom, 40-yard touchdown, 7 nothing. Charlotte. A few minutes in, you know, there's a lot of, ooh, oh, all right, what's what's happening here a little bit? Then, immediately after that, the ensuing kickoff, uh, Octavian Smith drops the ball. Maryland's lucky to recover it. All right. Then uh, first play of scrimmage for Maryland, Talia Tagovailoa makes a horrendous read with, you know, Mike Loxley a- after the game said just bad, bad play on, on our quarterback's part. That was a pick six, right? You look at the scoreboard and it's 14 nothing Charlotte uh, three minutes into the game. And, you know, just <laughs> in the press box, there were kind of murmurs of, wow, what is, what is going on here? Uh, but uh, after that, Maryland, you know, locked in, but still an, an ugly game. Uh, poor, poor execution, kind of all over the place. Um, the best thing for Maryland was that once uh, Charlotte, you know, got that initial wave 14 points, Maryland's defense didn't allow them uh, to do anything in the second and third quarter, held them just around uh, 100 yards uh, from scrimmage. But even so, right, I mean, Maryland's offense, I mean, they didn't have a, a, a play over two yards until uh, until the last play of the first quarter on a uh, on a uh, on a seventeen uh, uh, yard throw by by Tagovailoa, and 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 with Tagovailoa just not a not a clean game from him, and you know that's something that's kind of been been him right over the past few years. You know he has the talent, you know he has the skill, but it's it's the inconsistency, right and. Yesterday, or not yesterday, I'm sorry, Saturday was, was one of those games. And, um, yeah, and, you know, Maryland kind of starts to find the rhythm in the second quarter. They get in the red zone, can't, you know, can't get it in, settle for a field goal. Jack Howes was the player of the half, uh, full on. I mean, he went three for three, and, you know, at the end of the half, nailed a 45 yarder with, with, uh, as time was expiring, uh, to kind of, Give Maryland uh, some life going into the second half, but you have to, and then right after that, Tebow makes a stop. Boom! Another trip to the red zone. K- 
can't do anything with it. Settle for another field goal, so 14-6. Boom. Maryland, Maryland makes another stop. And this this time they, they actually should have scored, right? It was Caden Prather got a, a long touchdown. He was called for off the pass interference. On replay, it was pretty clear that it uh, that it just wasn't offense, that it wasn't offensive pass interference. But either way, 14-9, you still look at the game like, Okay, Maryland is now at the Charlotte 14-9 at the half. This is uninspiring. This is shocking, even though they were the better team in the second quarter. And once the second half started, they they, they just took over the game. Charlotte was flat. They they had no answer. Uh, the first play of the second half, and the game plan was clearly uh, for Josh Gavis' offense, was we're just, we're just going to run the ball. We're, we're going to put the ball in Roman Hemby's hands, and we're going to trust our offensive line, who... Obviously, that offensive line has been a hot topic of discussion, but they actually played all right, um, albeit against Charlotte. Passing game needs some improvement. Uh, didn't give Tagovailoa enough enough time on a lot of occasions, um, but they do seem to kind of be coming into their own a little bit in the run game. Opened up a lot of holes uh, for Hemby. I mean, Hemby had I think under thirty yards um, headed into the second half, and you know he finishes the game with the best game of his career. He, he finished with two hundred and seventeen. Uh, Yards from scrimmage, uh, finds the end zone. But that was that was all Maryland did in the in the second half. You know, there was just it was give the ball to Hemby, give the ball to Colby McDonald. They 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 each get on the board. Billy Edwards, you know, gets a few. He gets a few snaps on, on you know fourth and one goal situations. He he uh, he gets a touchdown, as well. And you know one of the running backs we uh, we didn't mention was was Antoine Littleton. This is probably one of the more one of the more intriguing storylines from the game, you know, he commits, he commits a a, a, a dumb penalty, right? A dumb after the whistle penalty uh, in the first half. And when they were in the red zone, he put some 15 yards back and settled for a field goal. And he doesn't see a snap uh, the rest of the game. So, you know, and Loxley o- opens his presser by saying, you know, just in general, the team didn't meet the standard today. And then, he goes on by saying, you know, we, we were the most penalized team in the uh, in the Big Ten last year, and that stuff, right, it isn't going to fly after the whistle. It's kind of he, he goes on his Terps versus Terps, um, you know, rant a little a little bit again. And, you know, so Anton Littleton, who actually had had the bulk of carries early, um, he, he, he rides the bench for the last uh, 30 minutes. So definitely something there, and and you know, and and, and Roman told told us too. He was like, you know, Antoine knows better. Uh, he 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 deserved uh, the benching, but you know, they'll learn for it. They'll they'll learn from it and whatever. But yeah, it was just it was a dominant second half, which which put the game away. They scored, I believe it was twenty nine, uh, a straight points, end up winning, uh, thirty eight to twenty. There was you know, in late in the fourth quarter, Maryland's defense kind of let up. Let Charlotte kind of run all over them a little bit, which was not so encouraging. But the bottom line is, had a really poor start. You lock in, you come out with the win. Probably wanted a better performance on national television, but they're two and zero with UVA coming into town uh, next Friday under the lights. Seems like a game uh, where Maryland should be able to go three and out. The Virginias. Frankly, uh, one of the worst teams in Power 5 uh, this year. A team that, you know, was a few years back was P5 
competing in, in, in New Year's Six Bowls, but that that's where the program stands uh, at the moment. So Maryland has a really good chance to go 3-0 and um, after this week, and that's a, that's a perfect transition kind of into the next segment of, of the podcast, which is the kind of, some of the discussions that have ramped up about Maryland's schedule and how it's it's a, it's it's a very uh, fortunate path uh, that, that they have. You, you don't want to use the word easy ever, uh, but it's definitely how how it seems to be aligning. Seems like they can very easily be in a uh, in a very very good position um, as the season goes on. As as I mentioned before, Virginia seems like a, a, a game which 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 they should win. And then they, you know, and then you go to Michigan State, and news just comes out of how Mel Tucker, the, the head coach uh, of Michigan State, he, he's going to be suspended until the middle of October um, following allegations of sexual harassment. So that, that's a program that's kind of needs to find its way right right now. They, they, they really don't, they're, they have some issues at the quarterback position. They're not going to have a head coach when Maryland travels to East Lansing. So you look at that game, and then. You know, there's been kind of, kind of a, a national discussion of how, because Maryland may may be uh, lucking out uh, a, a little bit, if you will, there have been some recent pro- projections that of Maryland competing in in the Gator Bowl, in in, in some high profile games. They had a like some people were saying, you know, Maryland can be a ten win team competing in a New York Six game. I think that's uh, that's bold to say, but you know, if you kind of look at the schedule and it's kind of, it does seem to all be aligning for Maryland, right? So let's, let's kind of preview that, that out. So you look, so we mentioned Michigan state, if you can go in there, you know, they beat Maryland, beat them by two scores last year, probably a different team on paper, a lot of transfers, but they're going to go in, they're going to go a team that doesn't have a coach, um, a lot of outside noise. So They'll be favored in that game uh, for sure. So you look at possibly a five, you know, 4-0 start, um, hypothetically. And then go to Indiana, who, you know, they're in the lower echelon of, of, of the Big Ten, uh, to put it lightly. And then you, obviously, the, the big matchup that kind of what happened in, in their season, right, is... You travel to Ohio State. Ohio State, they're obviously one of the best teams in the country, right? They, they always will be, you know, but they haven't looked amazing. And I, I want to phrase this. I, I think Ohio State beats them, right? And I, I, but I, I don't think Maryland has, has a serious chance of winning. But it just seems like, is this the year with the way things are going? It just kind of seems like maybe, uh, maybe stuff's aligning. You don't know, but that, that that I think that's that's kind of that's kind of the discussion now, right? Maryland has a very legitimate chance to start the season five and zero, right? Headed into Iowa State and then games against Illinois. It just it just it just kind of seems like the, the the teams on this on their schedule right now they're not playing so well. Uh, Nebraska shaky start, Illinois shaky start, so. I mean, you'll see, but uh, it's definitely understandable why some of these initial bowl predictions are coming out, having Maryland as a uh, 
as a team that can possibly get nine, ten wins and be in a high-profile game. But I don't think that's really what Maryland's doing. I think that's more of what Maryland's schedule is doing, and I think that's kind of just the uh, how this season seems to be aligning and maybe uh, them being fortunate um, more than any anything else. Yeah, so obviously a lot of interesting narratives that have come out uh, the past week for Maryland football. Sloppy start against Charlotte. They got the job done. Uh, some news around the Big Ten, which kind of has some of the national media looking at Maryland's schedule and picking up some uh, some new uh, perspectives about, about that and kind of what the future holds for the Terps this season. Uh, what their win plateau may be, but uh, we'll be back to uh, to to continue that discussion. Uh, Emmett will will be back. Uh, we'll preview Maryland's Friday Night Lights matchup against Virginia, and we look forward to having uh, everyone listen back in. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.